Welcome everyone to the special edition of Kiwi Talks. I'm speaking to the legendary video game composer, David Wise, that you might know from the Donkey Kong Country games. How are you doing, David? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Thank you yeah. for inviting me to uh, talk today. That's all right. That's all right. Um, you're a hu huge legend in the industry and um, it's always a pleasure to talk to someone of your caliber. So what have you been, um, what have you been working on recently? Or can you even talk uh, about well, it? Well, no, no, as, as most people use, we sign NDAs, non-disclosure agreements and cool. whatever we work on. I mean, th there's a game that came out this year that I'd started working on five years ago. Really? So, uh, mm, absolutely. So yeah, but people's timelines for getting things finished might be vastly different to when you finish yours. Yeah. So you can't tell anybody anything for five years. Well, on, on that particular one, but it's it's probably going to be next year before I can tell anybody what I'm working on now, or perhaps a year after. Yeah. So you know, because obviously you became famous for the uh, Donkey Kong Country games. Yes. Did did that get you a lot of work afterwards? Well, I, I, I carried on working for for Rare for quite a while, and um, so I probably, but it was a different industry back then, so. Um, it would be different if it was today. So it wasn't until 11 years ago that I left Rare. And um, it, it did, uh, you know, having that legacy does help uh, get work, for sure. Yeah. Because um, cause it wasn't initially where you, you kind of got big, right? When the internet kind of blew up, that's when you yeah, started to right. realize it, that Donkey Kong was, your soundtracks yeah. were quite a big deal. Yeah, I, I didn't realize for, for many years um that they'd, they'd had quite an impact yeah it's probably at least at least six years after it was released before i realized that they were quite popular and then um with the, with the advent of the internet taking off and to, um ventures like oc remix that really um helped with the i suppose the um the popularity of the soundtrack yeah for sure and you did a did something for them quite a while back now, yeah it was um I helped on, I think, the third one, and also I worked with um, Robin and Grant on something we did for the second one. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of the three soundtracks that you've worked on, was uh, the second yes. one kind of your favourite? Because that was just all you. That, that was just all me. I was being very greedy, um, but I like that <laughs> one. That's probably my favourite, just because I think we maxed out the capabilities of the Super NES. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 got to be one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. I mean, every track is a stellar track. Uh, what was what was your approach going into it? It was more of a technical thing, seeing what I could get away with for the Super NES to do, and how far we could make it sound either like an orchestra or a drum machine, or m the many different styles that w were around at the time. It was just really stretching because there's only a tiny, incy bit of memory on there. Mm. If you were to, at CD quality, it's, you know, it's about 60% of a second, six tenths of a second. Oh, no, it's four tenths. So it's a tiny amount of memory. So everything had to be compressed. There's all the very small single cycle waveforms on there that sort of play back from one another and morph into each other very yeah. Um, meticulously. Yeah, there's a guy online, I, I think his name's German Sam Miller or somebody, I think. And no, that's he it, managed, yeah. yeah, and he managed to take your original soundtrack and pretty much remove the compression aspect so it sounds 
but the whole deal of the soundtrack I mean he's, he's done a great job don't, don't get me wrong you know it's very interesting to hear what he's come up with and um, kudos to him for um, uh, going to the lengths that he's gone to but, but I compressed the sounds and then made the soundtrack with the compressed sounds because that was the whole deal and that's why it got the sound that it did it wasn't the other way around there weren't ever any bigger sounds that were uncompressed I, I just worked with the compressed sounds that I'd managed to get so how long did it take you to compress just one sound like a particular um, instrument you probably it depends I can remember, there's a lot of um i've got a synth it was a juno uh, synth and i got a straight waveform and i put a lot of resonance on it and i swept through it on the filter cutoff which is basically like a big tone control that takes the the, the the treble off but that's how you get those sweeping sounds and I took about 20 waves from that, and I probably spent a week just on chipping away on 20 sounds, getting them down to the smallest size possible, just a matter of bytes each. So there was a lot of tweaking. So um, yeah, it was it was it was long, fairly focused uh, process that was. So once you'd compress, like say one sound or one instrument, would you be like, okay, I'll try and use this instrument as much as I can on. Every oh yeah, track. completely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, many um, sounds were used in many different ways. So you might have a sound doing a guitar, and it might also be a harmonica as well. Oh right, that's brilliant, brilliant. So it's it's more to do with the envelopes because the envelopes are completely flexible. So the um, attack and decay and sustain are all flying pretty much for every note. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, it it was changing, so you could do a lot with one sample. It was completely dynamic. And I suppose you'd add like delay and reverb. That would be quite common. Well, well, the delay had to be simulated. I mean, it's all typed in in hex. So there was no MIDI. Yeah, yeah. And there weren't really there was a there was a reverb, but it was very basic. It's um. um it took a lot of memory and I'd rather have that for sample memory. So what I was doing, I was taking one channel and I was copying it, um, delaying it, panning it to the right and taking the data and doing that to the left as well. But then when the arrangement got more full, then I'd have to cut back on the delays. So it was just, if, if something was in isolation, I'd throw everything at it and then rein it back in as other instruments came back in. Because you'd set the sound up in people's ears for the expectation. And so it didn't need as much processing when other instruments came in i heard a story that when grant came in you kind of just chucked him in the deep end and we're like here you go um he was literally in the chicken shed i converted chicken shed I, I was in the cow shed and um yeah i, I sort of went over there and you know because because i've done it and i've done it for years i had no perception of how difficult it was but for me it was just a bunch of numbers and you've got pitch and you've got length and you just get on with it and type it but um, yeah, so when Grant first started off, I think he just wanted to throw in the towel and say, look, this is too hard, I'll, I'll never be able to do it. So we persevered a little longer and uh, yeah, he, he did it. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, I, I want to ask you specifically about a few tracks. I'm not going to ask you about Sticker Brush Symphony or Aquatic Ambience, because I know you've answered those hundreds of times. Okay. But uh, there are a couple of tracks like Haunted Hall. What was your approach when you did that? Um, I want it to sound haunted. <laughs> I can't really remember the track. To, well, to I know Drake. Uh, Drake sampled it in one of his songs, actually. Oh yeah, he um, 
six six god absolutely yes. yeah yeah yes yeah yeah so it, um so i think i yeah i mean talking about trying to stretch the super nes i was i was quite into the russian composers at that time like prokofiev tchaikovsky and Mosgorsky, and I was trying to simulate that kind of feel, so it was heavily influenced by those composers, and um, that, that's where the influence and inspiration came from. So, because it's quite a, a fast tempo kind of track and multiple, you know, notes with say strings like like so, it, it obviously you're what typing this all into hex. Yeah, so which is probably F F G A. Um, yeah, so there'd be numbers, I don't know, um, can't work it out, but say it was 9A, you'd, you'd follow it by 9C and then 9E, and they'd all have a, a length as well. So it might be 9C08, 9A08, 9C08, and 9E08, and that would be those three notes, and then you'd have to go back down again. And then I was using the delays on that to give it a bit of background, and because um, Sonic Sonic sounded quite thin. And so you'd have to do all of that, but then you'd need to add the offset in and then, because everything had to be contained in blocks, otherwise you'd just lose timing and everything. You'd have to compensate for that with the math at the end of it. Oh, wow. So Man, it's a lot of... It sounds like a lot of patience is required. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you, um, it's good. It, I suppose it was a good job. I was in a cow shed locked away from civilization, really, because otherwise, um, I mean, with COVID, um, my, my son and daughter are here a lot more than they would normally be, and I work from home. And so it, it would be impossible with a with COVID. You'd have to go and lock yourself away, I don't know, 100 miles away from civilization. Yeah. To do so the same can... thing at, at, at the moment, it's it's really difficult trying to get the, the, the focus and the not being bothered by everybody else, and it, it's quite difficult. So with a lot of these tunes, would you kind of play them on keys first and then find a way to put them into Hex, or would you make them completely from scratch in Hex? Just make them up um, on the spot? I, I, I mean, I got so used to doing it, I could hum it and type it in. Ah, oh, okay. So originally I started playing it on the keyboard, but in, in the end you could just hear every note and just type thing in Hex and off you went. Simple so, as that. Uh, so, uh, so, um, yeah, if only. Um, so certainly by DKC2, I'd, I'd just be writing in my head. So if I, I, was, I was cycling into Rare quite a lot, and I'd come in with a few ideas, and I'd, I'd get down, make myself coffee, and start typing hex in and see where I got with it. That's amazing. And um, with uh, Crook's March, do you remember how you composed that? Um, yeah, we've we got the, I think that it starts off with a standard or something, doesn't it? Ding, 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 And then we're bringing in a, a string sample or a, trying to simulate a cello there. Yeah. Um, again, very influenced by, I think, probably Prokofiev on, on that one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and I got a French horn sound or a French horn ensemble sound, just one sound, and it was, you'd always have to write really to the range of that sound because you couldn't stretch it too low and you couldn't stretch it too high because by the time it was high, it would sound like something else. So you, you might adapt it to sound purposely like something else at a different range. But for the actual intended use, you, you've only got a limited range, so you, you adapt your composition accordingly. 
Ah, oh, I see. That's a great way of doing it. Brilliant. Well, I think it was the, it was the only, only way of doing it. Otherwise, it just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just well, what I mean, like I, I suppose. I suppose I mean in terms of problem solving, solving, right? So yeah, there was, there was um, always a lot of problem solving on those. Uh, I mean, problem solving today is is a different kettle of fish. Yeah, it's, it's it's more about I don't know trying to get it to sound realistic and in range rather than how to worry too much about keys. Because I always view it as say the Donkey Kong trilogy as kind of you with shackles, like you're very limited in what you can do but then with tropical freeze right you had the freedom to just do whatever you wanted to do yeah i mean tropical freeze was if when i composed the originals i'd have had the freedom to have what i wanted this is what it would have sounded like oh right okay so so a lot of the remixes that you did for donkey kong country 2 was that partly the original idea that you had but you no, were I, by no I, I, I just um remixed at that point i, I never I, there wasn't as i say there was never really a reference point it, mm. it was what it was there was never any bigger version that had to be compressed compress the samples and work with those to compose which was probably a, a, an easier way of doing it rather than feeling frustrated all the time yeah so how much of the tropical freeze soundtrack was live instrumentation and the rest was like uh, virtual instruments. What well, I mean, sax, guitar. There's there's oh. real sax on it, and that was um, Pete Nielsen from Retro Studios. He's a, a, an awesome saxophone player. He's also an awesome guitarist as well. Although we use Jose on guitar for um, um, sorry Jose for some of the tracks, and and he's again a, a, another good guitarist. And also Yamamoto-san himself played on some of the guitar parts as well. Yeah, so how did that all come about? Did you just get a random phone call from Retro saying, hey, can mm. you do this? Or did you kind of chase, chase no, it, be it like, was, no, I want to do this? It was, um, yeah, it was, it was never random. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'd, I'd, I'd submit ideas and there'd be a bit of feedback and it was it was definitely an uh, iterative process so you start off with i don't know a and by the time you got to um 30 you you might have got to the final piece but it, it was always a, an ongoing evolving thing because mm. working with uh kinji yamamoto was he was he based in japan or was he based in... uh, absolutely yeah he, he was based in japan uh but he came over to retro a couple of times in austin which is um, where, where we'd meet up right okay and you guys would just exchange ideas um yeah i mean he, he wasn't that completely he wasn't so involved he, on on the whole he just let me get on with most of it but his input when he was involved was really useful so in the one of the, the savannah levels there's a choir singing and i've done it using a sample set um from heart of africa but he, he didn't want to do that so he wrote as many people from Nintendo, they've got a choir there anyway, and he got them to sing all of the parts. And it just bought this um, this real charm to the whole piece, and the, the fact that it is Nintendo employees singing on it. And yeah, it, it's just, um, yeah, it was quite magical. So the bits he did were very specific, but very, very, I, I don't know, focused and very good. Re really charming, I think. Because can he can he speak English? 
I think uh, he, he can probably speak English a little, but we always have translators and um, it, it's really hard having translators. Uh, I find it very frustrating. I'm sure everyone who has to use translators find, finds yeah. it really hard. And it, it's just hard going. Um, it, does, is it because like what should be a short uh, sentence can turn into like a five minute Everything takes four times as long. So, yeah. you know, you could start off in a meeting at nine o'clock in the morning. You could still be in there at 10 o'clock at night. Really? So, oh, yeah. It was long meetings. Uh, and that's just because I'd say something, it got translated. And they'd say something, it gets translated back. And there'd be a bit of interpretation as well. So it's it's a very extended process. But it gives you plenty of time to, to think things through before you actually say it, which is probably quite good as well. Did you ever speak to him about him maybe putting in a good word for you to working on Metroid or Zelda or Mario or something? <laughs> um, no, no, I didn't. I mean, the, the thing is, I mean, he's a very talented composer, and his stuff on Metroid is is it, it's you know his it's kind of his style. So uh, much I don't so. think I could. Um, that really bring much to the party there. I mean, he does it so well. What I mean is, I suppose, because you guys, I'm sure you formed a bit of a a, a good working relationship. Regardless yeah, of having absolutely. a translator. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. He's very, um, uh, he's good fun to be around as well. He's got quite a good sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. So when you were in Texas, how much time would you spend in Texas at Retro? Um, I'd, I'd, I'd go there for a week or so at a time and I'd probably be there, I don't know, um, every few months. So, I don't know, four or five weeks a year. Right. And would you, would you do stuff like just show them like your music that you've been working on or would you make um, stuff while was, you were there? But because of the internet, it was, it was always a continual process. Hmm. So I think the, the conversations when I was over at Retro, would be very in-depth and very focused, and there'd be a reason for being there. And it was probably to do with gameplay as well. Right. Was it? Have you have you ever struggled with writer's block? Do you ever um, have a process where you're just like, I just not thinking of anything here? I probably don't struggle with writer's block. I, I probably struggle more with what I'm writing isn't quite working. Um, I think that's probably the best way of, of putting it. But yeah, I, I never struggle getting an idea or coming up with an idea. I think it's it's really the execution of the idea that I might struggle with. It doesn't quite work. Right. And, and it's a question of juggling. Do you carry on with an idea or do you try? Because some gameplay things are very specific. And the, the music that you write has to work in, in a gameplay environment. So... Um, yeah, that's probably what I struggle with more. It's, it's problem solving, really, because you don't always have the flexibility that you'd like. You've got to stick within certain parameters to get it to work. Yeah, because I'd imagine what you're given visual cues, or, uh, oh, some yeah, sort completely. of visuals to to compose to, right? Yeah. But does that often change? Because you know how game um, gameplay can change over time. They might be it, building a level, for example, and then it changes by. It can. By I mean, what, one of the good things about. Uh, working with Nintendo, they, they talk about things a lot before they even start doing it. So they've all got this very focused um, vision of where it's going. So you're aware of that before you start, which helps because it means you don't have to do, you don't have to completely rework something. You might have to do lots of versions of it, but you're not 
completely starting from scratch again because you realise that the um, initial idea isn't working. Right. Okay. But did so, they show you like say? I mean, I, I imagine it was different on um, Donkey Kong, the Donkey Kong Country trilogy. But would say when you were working with Retro, would they show you like gameplay footage? Oh yeah, or absolutely. Would it just um, be like more like pictures? Uh, it depends how how far along in the process, but often I get to play the level before I actually started writing music. Okay, and would you like think of ideas, I suppose, while you're playing it? Yeah, I think as soon as you start playing it, you're getting ideas immediately, you're getting cues and stuff and what instruments you might use, what the tempo of it, and whether it's fun, whether it's serious and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's um, th those sort of ideas really come quite initially, and then it's the production that takes most of the time. Yeah, so how, how long would it take you to finish, like, say, one one track? I'd probably spend, uh, with all the other bits that you've got going on and there might be different versions, maybe about two weeks on each track. Oh, right. Okay. That's quite a while. Um, it is, but then there's a lot of somebody saying, well, we need to do this, or you've got to bear in mind this, or we're going to change the instrument here. It was so as a... As yeah. a level's going along, you might have written, I don't know, five or six different versions of the tune that it, it's morphing between. There was one track I actually wanted to ask you specifically about, and that was the High Tide Ride, I think it is, the minecart level, where you kind of start off and then it goes into kind of like a, um, it shifts camera view. As you start yeah. up, yep, and then, it, and then the piece changes, because I think you started with the title theme, and then yeah. as, it, as it goes down, it changes quite dramatically, and it's so seamless the way you, you did it. Yeah, that's the bit that takes all the time. Yeah. You know, if you, <laughs> as soon as you change, you, you need things to, to blend nicely. And it, sometimes they, they don't, so you've got to go and change things and change it up. So, you know, if you're spending two weeks on something, it's probably because you, you've done the initial idea in four days and then you're, you're spending the rest of the time getting all the others to work together. So with that track in particular, was the plan always to start off, start off with the title theme? And then kind of. I, I, I don't remember. I mean, these are these are things that are done in the moment. moment you know, and that just happens. It, it just happens, or somebody said, "Well, perhaps start off with the title theme, and then we'll we'll take it somewhere else." Yeah. Do they? Uh, did Richard ever come back and be like, "No, nah, we don't like that. Can you change it to this?" Or would they give their uh, the, feedback, the, or would they leave you largely to just do whatever it is that you do? I, I think, on the whole, I'd start off doing whatever I want to do, and then I'd adapt it later to fit the criteria that we need to meet. Right, because game development is always dynamic. Things change, so uh, yeah, yeah. And you can do something musically that influences the gameplay. Yeah, was there a particular track that was very hard or to write, or one that particularly resonated with you as you were writing it? There's always a challenge, whatever you're writing. Um, but nothing's ever horrendously challenging it's, it's normally like a nice puzzle to solve it's, I suppose it's like doing a Rubik's Cube you're pleased when you've found something that works yeah uh, do you feel that like Tropical Freeze is like your your benchmark compos um, composition uh, it was re really fun to go back to the franchise and do a nice sort of full version of it so I, I suppose at that point then, then for that style of gameplay definitely yeah, yeah. Well, that was kind of the the thing that made you well known, right? Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. 
And, but um, then there's there's other soundtracks like Tengami that I I did, which yeah. is, and I like that meditative style and that kind of thing. So I was very pleased with that as well. Yeah, is there a particular uh, genre that you'd like to work in that you haven't had a chance to work in? Um, it's again, it's so if somebody throws something at you, then you'll you'll try and adapt to fix something so yeah as for genre not not really i mean um i'm doing a sort of 80s rock genre for one project at the moment and um also doing that meditative style for another one yeah uh, without giving any information away so i'm enjoying both of those because I, I the reason i ask is because on tropical freeze i mean you went through so many genres right i mean there's tropical stuff. I mean, there's there's kind of like the rock stuff. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely. I think the the way I look at it is it's like when I was young, you used to see these travel programs on on telly, and um, I always like watching them, and, and the music kind of helped make it because it would set the the scene. Yeah. And so I, I I kind of have that approach to music that it's like being on the travel program and starting off by setting the scene. And then when the gameplay comes in, you've got to reflect the gameplay or enhance it with the, the bed of a travel program. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Would you ever want to do film? Yeah, I'd love to do film. Have you tried? Um, tried I haven't to make tried. Any... Uh, I've, I've, I've had a few conversations with people about doing it, but it's, it's never got to the point where we're actually doing it. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to if somebody said, oh, can you write a, a score? And, and there, I mean, I have done a few bits and pieces for for films or smaller films or projects, and it's nice that it's linear, so it's never going to change. It doesn't have to be done. I mean, you don't have to account for every single thing, so it's a lot faster to write for. Yeah, that's a valid one, point. It, it's just one tune, and you've got A and B, and it's quite easy to do that. Yeah. So, so you're, you're writing. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. What were you going to say? I was going to say, you know, when I'm doing cutscenes, it's a, it's a lot quicker process because, you know, it's going to last I don't know ninety minute, uh, sorry ninety seconds, and you know what the queue is, and you can just get on and do it. So they're they're completed fairly quickly with you know a day or two. There's not every eventuality that you have to cope or include. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you you point that out because that's actually a, a very valid point about how it's a linear process, yeah, as opposed to game design, which is all over the place. It's all over the place. You're working with people who are throwing ideas up all the time, which is the fun of it. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of game development. And by the time you have something at the end of it, it really is a huge team effort of people who've been throwing ideas into the mix. And you're trying to reflect through the music trying to enhance the gameplay and the cues that, w that we're working with. Whereas film, this is the cue, it's obvious. A, B, get there, off we go. Yeah. Did you find it Did you find it hard, though, when you were trying to make the transition to short films? Because I know when I spoke to Grant, he seems to have a difficulty trying to escape that stigma that he can only compose for video games. I see. I, I wouldn't... I mean, Grant, um, like myself, he, he's got his own style, which is a great thing, and there's no reason why that style would not work f for a film, because I, I think it does. So 
I think the stigma is probably just psychological. Yeah, definitely. Would you would you be open, or did you even get contacted to do any music for Smash Brothers? No, no. no. I just saw the. I just saw it online and thought, oh wow, that's quite cool. You didn't want to contact them and be like, "Can I do something?" Well, I didn't know they were doing it. It was it was it was all too late and over by the time I knew they'd done the K, uh, Captain K rule. But yeah, I'd I'd have loved to given the opportunity, but I didn't have that opportunity. Oh well, maybe a future one. Maybe a future one. It, it would be nice. I mean, they've used quite a few of them already, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's right. I I know Grant did a piece for banjo, so maybe that's the door opening somewhat to more Western composers. Yeah, being I mean, involved. Western composers and Nintendo are very few and far between. So we've been very fortunate to be involved in the way that we have so far. Yeah. Have you spent any time in Japan? Uh, I only went to a game show probably about 20 years ago, just after we'd done, in fact, it was 1997, I believe. So it was a couple of years ago now, 23 years ago. Wow. Okay. So it'd be a very different experience. Yeah, it would be. But it was great. I really enjoyed it. It was like going to a different planet compared to the UK. Yeah, I imagine so. I am wanting to go there at some point. Um, hopefully, I don't know if they do a Nintendo tour or whatever they do, but... Um, I don't think they do. I think you just yeah. I think they're super so. secretive, aren't they? Mm, yeah, well, you, you would be, and, and also they're there to create video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what was the experience like between the differences in culture between rare and retro? Very, very similar. Um, you had the pleasure of working with so many talented people. We've all bringing stuff to the party. Great ideas, gameplay ideas, graphical ideas. And um, very, very, very similar, really. Yes. Oh, okay. That's surprising. Because I think American culture would be different to British culture in terms of. I think. I mean, I've worked with quite a few um, games companies worldwide, and I think the culture seems to be quite similar. Depend, you know, wherever you are in the world, the creative process of focusing and getting on with something that you're enjoying is the same whether you're in Japan, whether you're in. Uh, America or wherever you are. Hmm. Do you find it that uh, do you find it um, odd that you're probably the composer that's been sampled the most in hip hop? Like, um, it, well, it seems I'm... like so many of your tunes are <laughs> turned into hip hop tracks. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure why that is. I mean, it's, it's a testament to you, I guess. But yeah well it, it it's cool I'm, I'm not complaining i mean it's it's nice to hear donald glover and um drape do some amazing things with them and turn them into something totally different yeah yeah but people know yeah. straight away right i mean they see the track play, uh hear the track play and they're like oh that's donkey Kong, that's david wise people know yeah yeah absolutely and, and they do uh, you know there's so many talented hip-hop artists out there and they do wonderful things with it yeah, it's always nice to hear what they've come up with. So um, yeah, it, it's um, it's very heartwarming when you hear it. Very have, none of them, have, have any of them ever contacted you? They, they, they might have done. I can't give any more details about. Of it course, of course. Yeah, <laughs> that makes that makes perfect sense. But have you have you ever thought about? Well, you kind of dabbled in a, a little bit a bit of hip hop, I suppose. Like I can't, yeah, like I with it. Funky Steam and Donkey Kong Country Two, and even the. Yeah, I mean, I've got some projects that have been put on hold. 
which may come to the fruition when we're not in COVID anymore. So we'll just have to wait on those. Hmm. Are you are you working on multiple projects at the same time, or are you a one one per one I, project? If I'm working on if I'm working on a big project, I will just focus on the big projects at the moment. I'm working on about three individual projects, uh, three different projects, but um, they're not so big in scope. So it's nice to swap and change. Right. So how how do you decide when to switch? Is it like one day you do one and then next day do another? Or I think, I think it's, who's shouting, and... it's, it's who's shouting loudest. So I've been working on a project which I'm um, slightly behind on, but again, it's just because of the um, COVID stuff. There are just so many interruptions and it, it really annoys me. So as soon as I get a few hours where I'm not going to be disturbed, I'm, I make great progress. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's just silly things where you've got Amazon drivers who have got a time limit and they want to um, get rid of all the posts so that they might have something for the neighbour across the road or, or next door. And they've just spent ages ringing on, on your doorbell because they've tried them and they've tried everyone in the street. And it, it's just annoying. And just to stop them being annoying, you have to go and answer it all. There's always something <laughs> going on at the moment and it's it's not, it's not conducive to um, writing music. Yeah, because how long has that been going on for? Because you guys have been in lockdown, and then you come out, and then you're in lockdown again. Since since March. Oh, so it's been like that since March. You've been having these problems in terms of mm, trying to get into your groove since March. Yeah, because when, when I'm writing, it takes me about half an hour to get in, into the zone. Yeah, okay. I see. So you're in the zone, and then things start to work really quickly. You know, the ideas flooding in and you're working very very quickly but as soon as you get disturbed you've got to spend another half an hour getting back into the zone it's um and i find it, it uh, just annoying when people disturb me yeah so your your family know to not disturb you absolutely yeah <laughs> that's good they don't yeah it just means and it's very hard when you're in lockdown and, and the kids are home from school yeah um so it it's 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 quite a challenge but millions of people will be having exactly the same problems oh yeah for sure i suppose you're lucky in the aspect that your job requires you to kind of be on your own anyway yeah i've been in lockdown for 30 years so i'm kind of used to it it's just that everybody else isn't yeah so that's probably the the, the difficult part yeah and at least at least you can still work i guess so that's the main yeah thing. absolutely it's not always is easy because if the kids are home um, um like my, my eldest has finished college now but um if i need to do some school work because I, um, not all the teachers have been brilliant here at setting work for children ah oh, so right i see there's there's been a lot of that to keep education fluid and keep keep it going yeah that makes perfect sense and i suppose so, how do you, how do you teach them about something that you're trying to navigate yourself. Yeah, you've got to learn it first and yeah. then set them on the right path and do as best you can. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So what's your process? And Do you start with a chord progression? Do you start with a melody when you're writing? A bit of both? Uh, probably start by going for a bike ride to think about it. Think about I it. Yeah. yeah. How, long's the, find, how, how uh, long's the bike ride? It could be up to four hours sometimes. So. 
Oh, wow. Okay. That's a long ass bike ride. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, in the summer, I'd go out and do 70 miles and then come back and, and start. Okay. Uh, but, but now with it being winter, it's about 15 miles a day. It's a bit shorter. Oh, and, yeah. I, I find, yeah. It's winter right now. Yeah. yeah uh, I find going out and um, cycling or walking is it's good. It kind of gets the, the blood pumping around your brain. And it's yeah. easier to come up with ideas. And, and this, you're not in front of a, a studio screen. You can start bouncing ideas around without any pressure. Do you ever listen to other music to get ideas, or do you just stay away from that? On the whole, I certainly don't listen to game soundtracks to get other ideas. I will listen to film soundtracks as I'm watching a film, and I'll listen to music for pleasure. So it has to be subconscious. That there'll only be a few specific times if I've heard something that's grasped my um, interest, and I'm curious about how they've done it. I'll I'll go in and research the instruments, the sounds, and the chord progressions and that kind of stuff. At that point. Oh, okay. Is there any particular film composers or um, game composers that? As I say, game composer, I would never listen to a games composer. Ever. Um, it's. No, yeah. never never have I mean I'll, I'll listen obviously I'll hear game soundtracks and things like um, the original Metal Gear Solid was very good and um, uh, but as, as for films James Newton Howard I think um, I think he's he, he's very good also uh, Giochino he's very good I don't know how he pronounces his name properly sorry uh, but there's there's a few good ones and there's some up and coming ones as well that are, are super talented too but then you know, you can hear something on on the radio, uh, I don't know, a, a rock track or a pop track, and just think that that's really done really well. And of course, some some hip hop tracks are just have the most amazing vocal productions on them as well, and they can really strike a chord with the inspiration. So, when when your music gets sampled, do you catch wind of it from someone else, or do you read up online, or how do you find on, out? On, on on the whole. I find that online. Okay. Unless said artist has contacted me directly. Do you ever Google your name? I, I used to. I don't bother anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, um, with uh, so, do you play keys when you're, or are you playing on saxophone when you're um, composing? When I'm writing, I'm normally playing keys or sometimes guitar. But, right. Um, saxophone is it's more of a solo instrument, and it's it kind of goes over something else for me. That's the way I work, so it's not really applicable. Um, if I'm struggling for an idea, I might just noodle over the top of a, a chord progression, see whether it takes me. Would you ever want to do some type of collaboration with all the all the boys? You know, Graham, Grant, Robin, all together on like one project. Um, I think the closest we came was on um, Reskewed for um, OC Remix. Yeah. But um, if, if I was asked, I'd, I'd be interested, but no, no one's quite asked yet. Yeah. Was there, was, was there a competitive aspect between all of you when you were at Rear? Trying oh, to outdo each other? We, uh, yeah, we, we were divided into barns and then... Or stuck out in the middle of the countryside, so we'd, we'd always try and outdo each other, which is kind of healthy in some ways and kind of destructive in another. So even now, do you might uh, do you hear something that they do and you're like, oh, you know, and that that kind of 
motivates you more. My, ah, uh, I've got to, I've got to write something really good. Um, if I'm honest, no. Um, I, um, I'll hear something and I expect it to be good, and I'm pleased it's very good. So I think we, we all know each other's strengths. So when I, I hear something that they've done and they've done it very well, I'm, I'm, I'm always very pleased to hear it. Hmm. Are you also competitive with yourself in the aspect of because you set such a high bar with some of the soundtracks you've written for Donkey Kong? Is there a part of you that's like, oh, I've got to try and match this with every other soundtrack I do? Oh, yeah, completely. I think everything you write, and that's probably what slows you down, is the research of trying to make something sound better than what you've already done before. Yeah. Because it's always nice to bring some a new element in something that you haven't done before something is to pique your interest every time and um and again if you've done something that's okay um if you're in a hurry it might be fine but if if i'm not i will try and get it as good as possible and keep searching and searching and searching for elements that really make it different as yes. much as possible so even with say tropical freeze i mean did you feel the pressure that you had to live up to the soundtrack you did for the Donkey Kong Country trilogy, knowing that fans were probably going to be like comparing it? Um, I didn't think about it at the time I did it. I just enjoyed the whole process. I just thought it was, oh, this is great. You know, I get to write what I always wanted with the sounds I always wanted, and it's going to sound like this. So um, I knew it had to sound good. But I don't think there was that much pressure that it was a, a destructive pressure. It was sort of an exciting one. Okay. Well, that's actually good in a way. Mm. Yeah. Unless, unless you like working out well under pressure. Uh, I, don't, I think we all need a bit of pressure and we all have different limits on pressure and we all have different limits depending where we are with our lives with pressure. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you've got too much time, that's another pressure as well because you can pressurize yourself too much just because you're trying to do something slightly different yeah. than you've done before and that's not always so good because obviously people hire you because they want you to sound like David Wise or Grant Coco or Robin Beanland mm-hmm. or Graham Norgate. yeah do you do you do all the mixing and everything as well or is that handed off to more of a an engineer once you've oh. written the pieces on the whole, I do my own mixing. I'll throw everything down to stems, bring it into Nuendo, and um, mix it separately if I have the time and the pleasure, uh, luxury of having that much time to do it. Yeah, because mixing can take a long time. Oh, it can, yeah. I think on Tropical Freeze, um, David Clinique, who used to work at Rare, I, I got him to do some of the tracks. Oh, okay. And I suppose, because um, had you worked together before? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. At, at Rare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Like, on, on uh, everything that you did, though, like, was he always the guy that helped mix, or was it just on a couple of projects? Um, Just on a couple of pro- I mean, he, he was always very busy writing stuff, and I, I know um, Robin would use David, because he, he really is excellent at mixing. His, um, you know, his, his ears are very good, and his uh, process of getting a mix is always very, very good, so it was nice that we could use it for tropical freeze yeah i'm trying to think of an instrument you didn't use in tropical freeze and it's pretty hard because i think you used almost every instrument imaginable uh, yeah uh, probably even the kitchen sink as well there's there's lots of lots of it going on so it's um yeah there's a good mix of 
just off the cuff instruments where you're just getting your shake apart and playing it yourself. Maybe a few instruments, a few drums as well. So we'll did you use live. did you use like sample packets as well? Like maybe sample CDs with certain instruments? Or if um, you could, would you try and recreate them from scratch? Like use them as a guideline and then recreate them? Um, it, mainly they were um, VST instruments, so virtual instruments which are full of sample sets and that kind of stuff, or synthesizers. Um, but there, where we could, we'd um, take some of the instruments out and replace them with live instruments. And I'm not the best live player, so I use a lot of quantizing and um, pitch correction online. But um, where I could, it would be nice to, to use live instruments. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that makes sense. I mean, quantizing, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Excellent. and then, let me see, quantize. It's just a, I think one of the tracks, I, I can remember going to my friend's studio and we went over all the sax parts and I, I laid loads and loads of sax parts and he was very, very patient. And I think for that one, we just used the best parts. Oh, and then combine them. Like, yeah, so multiple takes, was yeah, it like different, absolutely. different, so different takes every time, but then you'd combine them at the end. Um, yeah, so we would go through and we put different harmonies on and when I got it right, we'd combine it at that point. So say with well, the, um, the credits scene, the credits music in Tropical Freeze, where you've got the, the sax, particularly at the, the Sticker Brush Symphony. Was that one go or was that multiple layers? The, I, I got um, Peter Nielsen at Retro Studios to um, do that because oh, he, he, he really is an, an awesome, awesome saxophone player. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And although I can play it, it's um, he, he just brings, I don't know, it's, it's just natural for that kind of stuff. Did you, did you do the guitar on it? I did some of the guitar and some of the sax as well, but the the main saxophone piece is is Pete Nielsen. Years ago, I actually took that track and I made a hip hop loop. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. And I think I sent it to some uh, rapper guy and he ended up using it. So I don't okay. obviously he he won't be able to sell it commercially because of copyright. But um, mm. yeah, it was cool. It was a cool experience. Because you, you did, because yeah. that's Sticker Brush Symphony is so iconic, right? I mean, it, it you is, probably absolutely. felt like when you did Tropical Freeze, I'm like, okay, I have to include this in somewhere. Um, I think it was more retro or Nintendo's decision to, to use it. It would have been theirs because it, it, if we hadn't used it, it wasn't that much of an issue. I was quite happy to write new stuff. So the the stuff where we remixed stuff was very specific and by request. Oh, really? So like Aquatic Ambience and Sticker Brush Symphony yeah. and then... I know and there's I a think few... with... Yeah, with, with Aquatic Ambience, I did try lots of different remixes and then thought, you know what? I think I probably got it right the first time, so I'll just make the best job I can of recreating it. Yeah, well, that's pretty much what it is, right? It's pretty much yeah. like the original, but more a modern, modern version yeah, of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, it would have been uh, hard to replicate those instruments, I'm sure. Like the old, um, old samples and and yeah, I mean, um, uh, Plogue, uh, the company who do retro VST instruments, they, they sent me their SFC player, and um, it's great fun to add little bits of SNES type music, but to actually do a whole SNES soundtrack would would really take the fun away now 
think I covered everything I needed to on the snakes back then. Well, and you've already yeah. done it, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you're on to bigger and better well, things. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's on to different things. So there are different things that interest me now and get my excitement. Yeah, fair enough. So you mentioned that Nintendo requested you to do specific tracks. Did you just get like a list in an email or or did they call you and say, we want the this, 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 and this? Yeah, it'd always be done really as, a, as an organic thing. So we'd finish one track and we'd go on to the next one. And, and this is what they'd be working on at that particular time. And, and we'd be working, we'd be doing that one. So mm. I think to give somebody a long list of what we want would be quite frightening, really. Yeah, because I'm, I'm wondering if some of it was just you on your own accord. Like there's, um, I think Frantic Fields, I think it is. I don't know the, what the Well, there, there was all the stuff flying at the screen, but then you you kind of um, partway through the song, you um, introduced a remix of the Ran, uh, Run, Ran, Be, Run. But oh, yeah, it. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But was that, was that due to the request from Nintendo or did you do that just because you're like, oh, I think this will work here? Uh, I think that was a, a request from Nintendo, don't I? Oh, really? Mm. Oh, that's that's funny. That's funny. That's interesting. Because I'd, I'd normally start from scratch and, and do something. Yeah, yeah. How I felt at the time. So would you like what, finish? What? Would you finish the track and then they'd come back and say, "Well, maybe you can put this in here." Um, I think they they probably had the idea that they wanted that included from the off, so it was probably built around that. Yeah. Ah. Uh, okay. Makes sense. Makes but there's, there's never any set way of working it, it's it's all quite organic and changes as as the needs are requested really well i suppose that's one of the great things about being a musician right uh, no two days are the same oh completely not no yeah and also we um you never the same musically from one day to the next so certainly when i'm writing ideas down i'll try and get the idea down within an hour in, in that kind of zone and I did spend the time on the production yeah do you remember so, my, sorry uh, sorry what were you going to say oh, I can't remember now so <laughs> <laughs> um, well uh, what I was going to ask was is there a specific track that took you a very very long time to write on any project like just one track that just took you so long to get right um, Across the ambience the, on the original SNES took about five weeks and Five that's because weeks. I, yeah, because I wasn't using MIDI, and I'd had this idea that I could probably replicate some of the technical workings of the uh, core wave station on it by taking one small wave and putting another small wave next to it, and then morphing into it. And it should have worked because I was I was programming at quite a low level, and to actually get it to work took about five weeks of hard experimenting. It was, it was over Christmas, fortunately, so it, it didn't take too much time away from the, the project as a whole. But yeah, it just spent a lot of, I, I needed to spend a lot of time experimenting and putting lots of different waveforms in because you could you could convert a waveform and it would be no use whatsoever. And it was finding nice ones that worked together and then putting together and making it making it work. So it was really built from the baseline that you hear all the way through it. That was the thing that came first. Just having those eight different waves play through a sequence and then changing yeah. the pitch and that kind of stuff. 
And then yeah, at the end all. of it, and then at the end of it, we like, I never want to do this again. <laughs> in terms of that. No, no, I, I thought, you know, that sounds quite different. And it's not the way I'd have written it if I was using keyboard or MIDI. So it was, wow, that works. So we're, we're going to do some more like that. So as a result of, say, something like that, when you approached composing, say, for Tropical Freeze, was there a part of you that kind of wanted to try and replicate that way of composing? Um, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I mean, it took a long time. It was a lot of typing in, so I, I didn't feel the need to revisit that style of composing. Um, I took elements of how I composed it and used it yeah it was it was really just to recreate recreate the style rather than reinvent the wheel so you've never gone back to hex just as a no, no never would <laughs> never will never will <laughs> i mean somebody asked me um a little while ago to do you know to, to go back and um, revisit that kind of thing and i thought there's, there's just no way i, I can go there really it, it takes so much out of you and it takes so much time that it would be, you'd earn a lot more money working at McDonald's than you would writing in that style. It's a valid point, yeah. And I suppose just, because technology has evolved so much that why would you? Yeah, why would I you? Suppose, yeah, because you probably um, always want to make the most out of your time, right? As a musician. Oh, yeah. So oh, anything completely. that can help you cut corners or save you a bunch of time. Yeah, the, you, you want to spend your time working on the music and yeah. the actual emotional content of the music rather than the technical stuff. So to do a repeated process unnecessarily isn't something I've cherished doing. Mm. So, so I want to be working on, on, on the music content and, the, and then the production, not trying to get the thing to work in the first place. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So if Retro were to do another Donkey Kong, I imagine you'd be game? Um, well, I haven't been asked, but you know, I mean, I know they're busy. But I think they're doing Metroid at the moment. So yeah, I'm they sure are they're making an absolutely fantastic job of that. Yeah, and I suppose Kenji Yamamoto will be working on that. Um, I, I would hope so. I, I've got no idea. I mean, as soon as I, I finished my involvement with Tropical Freeze, that was it. You know. Yeah, and, you don't uh, you don't email him from time to time to see how he's doing. Uh, no, no, it's. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that. Uh, if hypothetically we were to work on a project at some point in the future, then those lines of communication would, would open up. But I'm sure at the moment he's very focused and very busy on delivering what he's working on at the moment. Yeah, and definitely during these um, unprecedented times as well. Yeah, oh yeah, completely. Yeah. I guess everyone's working from home. And again, with such a big team that used to working together in, because the whole deal is when you're working in a team, just being in the same room and just little eye movements can give subtle cues as to what you need to do and where you need to take things. Yeah. Which doesn't, doesn't happen over Zoom. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Well, cool. Hey, I'm going to wrap up there, David, this has been okay. an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this. I know you're a very, very busy man. Mm -hmm. Um, so if anyone wants to follow your work, or your social media, uh, where's the best place for them to do that? Uh, I, I suppose Twitter, uh, I think it's um, at David underscore wise. Yeah. Or there's davidwise.co.uk, which is my website. And I am also on Facebook, but it's, it's not as popular as it used to be Facebook. No, it is not. Yeah. For, for obvious so, reasons, but, um, yeah, yes. yeah. 
I look yeah. forward to hearing your newer stuff for sure. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially this project you've been working on for five years. Oh, no, no. That, that actually came out. That's, uh, it's called Tamarin. Um, but it was a project really by a, 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 a one, one person, really, who wrote a few X-Ray colleagues in at the beginning five years ago. And I think he's finished it since. So uh, just to give you a time, you know, just to give you the idea that there are some projects that just take a long time and you might not be able to talk about something for years because it hasn't been mentioned. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's good in that aspect that you keep yourself busy and you're not relying on this one project to come out. Oh, oh no, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. There's always McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that's the show, everyone. Make sure you follow Dave, David and all his uh, past work and his newer work that he's he's doing as well but uh make sure you share like and subscribe and uh stay safe that's yeah. right yeah. Thank you very cool much.